0: once more, and to breach, dear friends.
1: The word impossible is only in the dictionary of fools.
0: If my descendants wish to be as strong as I was, they must study patience. The Ultra Working Podcast. All great
1: events hang by your hair. The man of ability takes advantage of everything and neglects nothing that can give him a chance of success. I'm Sebastian Marshall, and this is my co-founder, Kai Zhao. So, Kai, you know, when we were putting together our plans, okay, here's what we're gonna do this week, this month, whatever, we got some new software under development. So we're taking work cycles. So if anyone wants to use a current version of work cycles, go to ultraworking.com cycles. Um, it's great, it works really well. We're building that into a larger desktop interface with a, that does a bunch of other stuff, right. That's in development, um, mm-hmm. on a desktop application. And what you said was, I'm going to build a, a version that has basically the front end on the, the desktop application, but doesn't have the syncing with the internet, the data storage, the server, the ability to do cool stuff, the ability to, you know, see some correlations and APIs or anything like that. It's just like, like, see if we can get it looking right and feeling right and usable right before we get it to be, like, stored correctly on the back end of the server, the, the, the you know, the, the kind of the syncing and, and the, the really the unification of it. And it occurred to me that you could do it either way. You could figure out the data storage and the back end stuff and how it's, you know, and how the, the, the desktop machine talks with the server. You could do that before. You got the UI, the UX and things. You could do it either way. And, and this is the kind of thing that I think I've seen people do it different ways. You could do both of them a little bit to check for viability, what we want to do. Like, to me, it's black magic as to how to make the call. You know, on, on Do we go front end first, back end and data setup first? Do we work on them jointly? Do we check feasibility across both of them first? If we know something is feasible, do we do the harder one first? Do we do the easier one first? Like How, how, how do we get our minds around this?
0: So uh, I think the dirty secret around a lot of product development is that there is no clear cut set of rules. You can't just reach into, uh, you know, your lean development um, kind of whatever prototyping work it, and then just pull something out and use it every single time. Um, a lot of times, the 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 work itself and the project itself, which you don't understand at the very beginning, is going to dictate kind of what the path of least resistance is. Right, And so we were talking a little bit before this about uh, about pattern recognition and how in a lot of ways uh, we recognize things out of the box as patterns, right? Groupings, colors, you sit in a room and you can, even if there's no wall, right? Sometimes the, the, the shape of the furniture really just divides the room up into different parts, right? This part is the living area. This part is the kitchen area. This part is the work area, right? These things just these lines exist everywhere. And we pick it up very subtly, um, without requiring a ton of attention. Well, I think a lot of programming um, and a lot of anything else that's abstract, that's systemic, that requires this, uh, you know, creating this set of rules that essentially, you know, is is it 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 doesn't exist in reality, right? We're just kind of organizing for our own benefit. That is, well, exercising that same pattern recognition. And so with a lot of things that are, I think, user-facing, that are consumer, right, um, that is, that it makes a lot of sense to start from the user interface because that is the point where things are most, uh, most likely to be different
1: uh right. there that's, that's, that's so you've is. answered you've answered the question the thing that's most likely to change here's a dumb question why is the front end the user interface right the stuff that people are looking at and interacting and typing stuff into and clicking around on why is that more likely to change than the data on the back end like why
0: it's not necessarily the likelihood to change it's that's where the value is going to ultimately be delivered right and it, this is similar to You know, I think a more general concept, which is starting with the end in mind, Mm. which at the end of the day, uh, somebody is going to download this app. They're going to open it up. They're going to go through that experience. And all of the, the, you know, all of the technology that needs to happen in the back end, all of the, you know, database um, kind of decisions, all of the syncing, the architecture, none of that really matters unless it supports that end user uh, point for something consumer facing that that is is trying to do something new and and uh different on the user experience side of things uh one of those hubs is very likely going to be on the user experience uh, on the, on the front end um a a you know, project that's a lot more technical where the 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 innovation is coming from you know kind of like eliminating some, you know, some technical bottleneck or connecting uh you know s- systems that previously could couldn't talk to each other that might have a different set of constraints right? that has a different uh that has a different end and we can explore those from uh from from whatever makes sense obviously that's not the that, that's not the only way to do it
1: yeah that's that's super interesting and a metaphor that we've used in the past is you know, when you start a project that's that's really brand new and innovative, right? With things that are brand new versus not, right, where you're really innovating, the more something's brand new, the more your search space is closer to infinite, hmm. right? Um, and a metaphor that you've used in the past is it's kind of like playing Minesweeper. You know, it's that little old school game where there's like the the bombs and you don't want to click on them. And you like, you click the map and if there's no bombs, the whole thing opens up and you can double click it and whatever. It's like, this is like from like 1980 or whatever on the computer. It's like a a little puzzle game. And, you know, something that I I don't have my mind around entirely, right? If there is a easy part of a project and a hard part of a project in programming, let's say the easy part is like five days of implementation, you think, and the hard part is like, you don't know, you don't even know, but it's between like seven days and, 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 and maybe four weeks or six weeks or who knows, right? Like, do you confirm your assumption and build the easy part first to have like some kind of hooks into the problem, right? But then when you start working on the hard thing, then, then maybe you did the easy part wrong, or do you just like attack the har- the hard part of the problem knowing you can get to the easy part of it later? Right. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like we can order a bunch of ingredients from the grocery store to cook with, but if we're trying to like find a unique recipe that we've never used before, I don't even know what goes into that and how long that'll take and it'll taste good and how long, you know, whatever. Right. So like, do we just like order a ton of ingredients and spices to start or do we like sit and map out what cuisines might have interesting relationships with each other? Like, how do we, how do we choose when we have an infinite search space on these sorts of things?
0: Well, I think the, the only time the space is infinite is when you have zero opinions, hmm. right? Um, and, and most of the time we actually have, uh, you know, we, we have things that are loosely related, right? Ideas tend to have, uh, have, have, have a, you know, they, they, they have an ancestry, right? They, they, they have siblings, right? So we can oftentimes just look to, I think, existing things for the, the initial patterns and an initial uh, um, starting point. I think the other thing is, you know, to the question of whether to start on the easy known thing or whether to dive into the unknown to try their try to uncover um, a little bit more information. This is a uh, this is another thing that I think tends to happen very intuitively. But if I'm going to try to break it down, um, there is something of a confidence threshold, or just like a just a. A feeling if something feels like it could actually be impossible, right? If there is something that is potentially a, uh, you know, game ender, right? You just, if, if you don't figure that out, this, uh, the, the entire project is at, at risk. Well, that's worth figuring out pretty much no matter what, right? Even you know, like th- that, that, that is a good contender for one of the, one of the first things to sanity check. You don't actually have to figure out, you just have to convince you know yourself and your team that that's actually feasible. We can deal with this. Mm. right, um, compare that with a project where it's all relatively straightforward or it's 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 all known stuff, like stuff like this exists out there, um, you know, you've done similar things before, you can walk into a completely new and un, unknown um, scope of work while still bring some confidence of like, okay, like this is mostly uh, like this is mostly just execution. It's mostly figuring out the right way to integrate all these different parts. Uh, And the, the kind of validation that like this is possible at all, the feasibility is more
1: assumed to be, uh, you know, to to be there. Interesting. So like, if you want to be able to like turn your iPhone into a way to drive your car, right? Like you'd want to have like your iPhone talk to your car and then you could like use that as a steering wheel right you'd want to like double check well like the iphone security settings the cars interface and like is this kind of sane at all you'd want to like figure out whether that's even possible before you figured out what the right driving interface would be and what the right motions would be or whatever so you would do that you just check the feasibility of it first before you get into like okay would we have a gas tank appear on the phone corner or whatever because we know we could do that if we could you know get access to the sensors in the dashboard in the computer in the car but like, like, is this even a good idea? Will this ever drop if it's on Bluetooth? Certainly doesn't have time to go up to the, you know, to the satellite, you know, through 3G and then back down. So you'd want to check whether you could really even synchronize the car and the phone before you start building the just visual elements that are straightforward. Well,
0: truth told, I'm like, yeah, I, my own thinking process is nowhere near so orderly. Uh, oftentimes the feasibility and the, I wonder if like tend to go pretty hand in hand. Right. It's like, it would be cool. If the phone could communicate with the car. Right. And it's like, okay, that, that I'm pretty confident. My phone has the ability to communicate with other devices. Um, I'm pretty confident that modern cars have some interface to communicate with. After all, you can take a call. Right. Um, the question is how much access do we have through the, those existing uh, channels?
1: This this is fascinating. This is fascinating. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think I get to a strongly opinionated state about something I want to do a lot quicker than you potentially, where I'm like, I want my phone to drive my car, (laughs) right? And then I dive in and like sometimes it doesn't, but then I figure out another cool thing. So I'm very, very flexible. I make a strong opinion, then I get very flexible of it. And maybe you're like, let's see, before we like even kind of dive into that, let's see what the capabilities of phone use, car use And like just kind of mapping out what's even possible with like a loose idea that some sort of car phone thing is valuable and perhaps the car, the phone could steer the car or perhaps it could just pop the trunk and stuff like that or whatever, you know. But it seems like you come in less, and I know this varies, but maybe you come in less strong with like a single use case in an unexplored area and then you more map out and chart out the territory before you form a strong opinion. Yeah. If you're sketching out like
0: an image using a pencil, right? And it's a pretty complicated one. You don't have to ink it first, right? And so my, I think, thought process tends to tends to follow this pattern where it's like, okay, interesting idea. It's a, it's a loose sphere. It exerts some pull, some gravity on, on concepts around it. And then sometimes I just toss a few ideas in that vicinity, sanity check a few values, and maybe it moves, maybe it grows, maybe it shrinks, maybe it becomes more clear, maybe becomes more fuzzy.
1: Zooming out, right? I'm remembering a book. Um, I think it was, it was a book about learning. What is it? Like pr- pragmatic learning and, and something like that. It was, it was maybe pragmatic learning. We'll figure out the title. We'll put it in the show notes at ultraworking.com slash podcasts. But what he said was fascinating. He's the, the, the person I think made this case the best. He said that beginners really like rules. They're like always build the interface first or always do the most unknown thing first or always do a feasibility pass first. They want rules. But experts in a space don't like rules and it makes them like it constrains them experts use heuristics as somebody that's new in a space it's like somebody tell me what to do like okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna build a website first and then i'm gonna like get a database and then i'm gonna make the website talk to the data they they want like a checklist and nobody that's at a really high level in the game like johnny ive at apple is not like okay one Make the thing weigh ten percent less. Two, make it a little bit shinier. Three, if the last one was shiny, make it less shiny this time. You know, he's like not doing that. He's like kind of like looking and thinking. I don't care if we make it lighter than the heat vents and whatever, right? So, how do you like manage the process? What's this like from a like? What's it feel like when you're running at a high level of the game to like explore what's possible and then what we want to do with it and all of this stuff?
0: The thing that stands out the most to me is that it's a very cyclic process where, again, this is not a crisp um, cycle, but I think there's a phase in where it's more exploration. It's more trying to figure out the, like, okay, what are the boundaries here, right? Let me test that. Is that that what I expect? Is that feasible? Is this, uh, you know, and then, or this isn't just an abstract process. This is like, you know, trying to figure out a, a ver- this is oftentimes trying to, uh, to solve a very specific problem or, or a very specific cluster of, uh, uh, of things, and as that exploration process goes, the sense of what a the correct answer is, or or you know what the problem space even is, uh, starts to take shape. And as that becomes more well defined, uh, we can switch into more just call it problem solving mode, right? More implementation. Okay, we've discovered this is true that is true there's another thing that you know that that you know we didn't realize at the beginning is also true um, okay so what do we do with that well our next attempt is going to synthesize all of that into this one very concrete thing and depending on the size of the project the number of people involved um, this you know th- th- this could be happening at the same time it could be at uh, you know and at, at it could be more cleanly divided but I think that that process is, tends to be pretty universal.
1: You know, I saw something, we'll link it in the show notes, but I saw a hill chart from uh, the formerly 37Signals Basecamp these days, and we'll link this in the show notes. Um, it looks like just like a hill. It's just like a hill. It's like a, a shape where it like just goes up and then it goes down. It's kind of round. It's like a hill, right? Um, they call it a hill chart, and the first half of it, all the way up to the top of the hill, is they called it figuring it out. And the second half of it is making it work. Right? And then when I talk with Luca on our team recently, Luca Dover, who's a back end programmer here, uh, Luca was explaining to me that like 70% of, of the development process is like figuring out what you want. 20% of it is like figuring out what you want and writing that in crisp words. 20% of it is taking those words plus the word library and Googling it to see if it's possible to do that already. And then 10% of it is actually making it all work together. So there's like this like figuring out what's possible and what you want step that comes before the like coding some stuff and baking it. It's like the figuring out what cake you want to have before you bake the cake. I, I don't know, My my somewhere in the blasting radius yeah. of software development here? there's There might be this macro hill diagram,
0: right? But if we zoom in at each stage of that hill diagram, there might also be nested fractally within it another hill diagram. This is a fractally <laughs> nested
1: hill diagram. It goes Where? forever.
0: Yeah, we're, we're we're yes, the entire project. There's a, there's a sense of like how much do we understand um, about what it's actually trying to achieve and what goes into doing it. But then each individual component of that that we can sometimes even just arbitrarily you know uh, pull out also has something of that. And some of those hills are very short, right? Those are the ones that we start out with uh, with a lot of confidence on, or we got lucky on our you know you know X Y Z library search um, that. Can 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 be a very short thing, and sometimes it is. Uh, you know, it's it's not even a you know it's it's not even an evenly shaped hill, right? Sometimes it's just a topic that has been poorly phrased or 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 a, or a question that was poorly worded. And You actually have to spin around until you realize actually what you're talking about is not one hill but four, hmm. right? And this is uh, this is another thing that maybe is a little abstract. Um, I think it. This is the kind of thing that human intuition tends to um like just handle good enough in most situations programming oftentimes demands a little bit more out of intuition or it demands a it's a little more inf- unforgiving when things are you know not precise so you know that 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 perhaps is where 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 some of the differences come through
1: there's a lot of people out in the world that tangentially know what programming is and does and what software development is and does and what product development and software is and does but do not know what's a reasonable schedule what's easy what's hard how should we choose how should we choose trade-offs right they would ideally like hard rules the grandmasters in the game are not running on hard rules and anything that's like the develop software by like standing on your foot while whiteboarding method is like wrong you know, that's not what the people that are, those are like approximations of what people that are really good actually do that like get you kind of close to them, but that's not the answer. How do you start to like build the thinking model as someone that's very lightly technical or non-technical that's in an executive role or their co-founders? Or, you know, it's like we're running a bank, it's made out of marble, and we have a pile of money in the vault, but now we need online banking, and it's not about having a big steel door and guys with guns, now it's about, like, online banking, you know, so a lot of people in a lot of industries that were not needing to deal with software are now needing to because it's so pervasive, and they just don't know, you know, like, when someone tells them that getting the security right is going to take six months of development, they're like, really? Is that... You know, don't you just need a big steel door and a couple of guys with guns? And it's like, well, no, no, it's a little more complex than that, you know, but it'll be super easy to actually build the website for people to look at their banking transactions once we have the security in the back end. Yeah, that will take us like a week. And they're like, what? It's going to take six months to build the vault, but then one week for everybody to know how much money they have and what accounts they're in and like a thing to transfer them back and forth. They're like, yeah, I got the back end and the security. It'll take like a week to build the front end. And like the banker's like, what? Why? this doesn't even make any sense. Like I don't, I don't understand why that would be the case, right? So if you wanna start like kind of learning what's easy, what's hard, what should we prioritize? You wanna be more useful around this stuff, more fluent in conversation. Like what's the path to getting the, the, the more of the, the feel of it and like getting it and like what are the skills and what are the questions to ask and what are the things to muck around with and do assuming you have a host of other duties you got to write your mortgage loans and hire people and hang out with the central bank i don't know what bankers do but like whatever bank you gotta do all the banker stuff go to parties play golf i don't know like whatever bankers are doing you got to do all that and get your mind around this stuff how, how do you do it two thoughts come to mind uh,
0: first off is like if you have any experience with this at all right any experience working even on the periphery of software projects how long have they taken in the past in your experience just project that forward right there's nothing uh the the the, the truth is i think a lot of programmers don't actually know how long their projects take either huh uh it, if you're truly building something new there is not a very good estimate that you can actually give and in i think a lot of environments estimates get taken as a sort of a promise right or or certainly there's some expectation and that creates this really i think weird incentive cycle that um oftentimes not always throws some sand in the gears it's very useful in other places but in the i think uh in 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 the macro like understanding a problem and um kind of and and actually getting engaged on reality you know what's the you know like you know like how 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 do you properly estimate something that could take 1 week or 3 months
1: Else or curves,
0: yeah, a year, or is actually just you know, um, you, you know like this is the kind of thing that yeah you can't just average that. Um, that's one thought. The second thought is more of a is more of a conversation to have, or and I think this is a this is a question and a metaphor that served me well. Is this more like going to IKEA picking something up and like putting together, or is it more like going to Home Depot and buying mm-hmm. some? like a saw and some, you know, nails and building something. Or is this more like going into the coal mines and, you know, and, and, and the iron mines to fetch some raw ore to smelt into some actual raw material from which then we make our own nails. And well, programming involves some times a little bit of all three. And the things that are going to take multiple, uh, you know, weeks and months and deadlines are, uh, are, are you know, just very, very difficult to uh, to, to schedule on, uh, tend to be of the, the custom stuff, right, tend to be the things where no one's ever done before. And again, that also sometimes, right, not always, uh, is where a lot of the value, if you're talking about creating a new product, or creating a new, um, you know, business is. If you're creating a, you know, Uber clone in, you know, 2019, I suppose the, 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 kind of scope of that problem might be well developed enough that you can go down to the, you know, Home Depot, Home Depot equivalent and, 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 and put together a lot of those pieces. Um, but even then, right. You know, some, the, the,
1: there's, there's all the fittings in between those parts. That's so so there's, Hey, cool. We've got a rule to replace. (laughs) We've got a rule for the people that are early is you could ask metaphorically, is that like Ikea there's like pre-fit parts that fit well together and you could just set it up quite quickly. Is it like Home Depot where we could buy all the materials and tools and then we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to fit them to shape and work on the materials. It's not it's not some assembly required. It's like some construction required, but you got the raw materials and the tools out of the box. And then there's like, or is this like a mine for ore, Chop down trees, sand, polish, treat, you know, and custom. And you could see... That Ikea is like, okay, we can get that running in three hours. Home Depot might be three days and iron mines might be three plus months. To get online and to get your smelter and your stuff like that, and in reality, there's not heat and met. Like we're just typing some things into computers, and maybe that's even also why it's hard. Is because if you saw a programmer have to go out into the wilderness and he came <laughs> back, he's got some bear claws in him and he's got his pack and he's like, I'm out of supplies, but I got the ore. Like I made it back, you know. I got chased by the bandits, right? But I brought the ore, you know. Versus somebody else has come by, like all right, IKEA guys deliver it at 2 p.m. You'd be like, okay, whatever. But either way, the guys are typing into computers and one way the guy's like look I'm an ace I got this stuff online but he just assembled some IKEA stuff and the other guy is like grappling with bears and and iron mines and smelters and and stuff over multiple months
0: and sometimes um and here's the other tricky thing is Home Depot's supply is getting better every single you know month day <laughs> yeah yeah certainly uh, certainly they, they it's constantly expanding and and likewise IKEA's right so um I think a mistake a lot of programmers make is going into the uh, iron mines when they don't have to. So the, even with that mental model, it's not always clean. And sometimes the thing you buy from Ikea doesn't actually solve what you need. And, you know, a month later you need to end up replacing it anyway. So there's judgment spread all around this space, but uh, towards estimation towards getting a grasp on why some things take, uh, a ton of time and why other things can happen, you know, very, very quickly. Um, I, I think that, that metaphor tends to, you know, it, it tends to color in a little bit of how, how,
1: how, uh, how it could go. Fantastic. So today we explored lightly on a topic. I hope it was useful. Um, good luck in your forays to Ikea. Good luck in your construction from home Depot and good luck in the iron mines. Do be careful of the bandits when you're shipping your gold back to the trading depot um, until next time, I'm Sebastian Marshall, along with Zhao, co-founder of UltraWorking, show notes at ultraworking.com slash podcast. We'll link a couple of books and articles. Thanks for joining today.